You ever heard of a soft touch? You ever heard of a finger roll? Little sun, little raindrop. And you watch this thing grow. Follow me like a firefly. At midnight and mid-July. Mixing blood and sweat and tears of joy. That's what I call the rally cry. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Debt Dad Show. I am your host, Jeff, founder of AEMoneySolutions.com, where we will run with you through your debt-free journey. In today's episode, Mindy from MySemiBasicLife.com joins us. She's going to talk to us about her $165,000 debt payoff and how she used a shift in mindset to help her achieve her goals. Ladies and gentlemen, join me for episode 60. Hey everyone, happy to be back for another episode of The Debt Dad Show. Today we have a really important conversation with Mindy from My Basic Life my, sorry, my semibasiclife.com. And on that website, she has a bunch of blogs where she talks about a lot of different things. She talks about her debt-free journey. She talks about food prep, uh, minimalism, budgets. There's all kinds of things on there that that she discusses because it's stuff that, like myself, that she has gone through. So I'm happy to have Mindy on the show today to talk about that stuff and to talk about her debt-free journey and basically how she had a shift, a change in her habits, a change in the way she looked at things, a, a mind shift, if you will, to help her reach her goals of becoming debt-free. So, Mindy, welcome to the Debt Dad Show. Hello, it's so nice to be on the show. Yeah, so it's awesome to have you on. You have paid off a total of $165,000. Is that correct? Yes, that is. And uh, when you say it you know, out loud, it definitely, um, and when you add it all up, it sounds a lot bigger <laughs> um, than it was. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, it's a boatload. Yes. Um, so why don't you go ahead and kind of give the listeners an idea of, kind of where you came from and your background and how you got into that $165,000 worth of debt? Yeah. So I think uh, kind of the going back to the beginning of time on our debt story, um, you know, first, I think it's important to say that it's not just me that accumulated that 165000 um, My husband contributed as well. And, you know, between the two of us, um, about 100000 13,000 of that was from student loans. So that was a big chunk of it. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I would say around 20,000 of that was credit card debt. And most of that, um, I will take credit for the credit cards. <laughs> um, <laughs> my, my husband didn't have anything to do with that. That was all me. And then um, the 30,000 of other debt was just, Kind of miscellaneous stuff here and there, like, oh, we need new furniture. Um, I don't know if you have Nebraska Furniture Mart where you are, but we don't. It's a giant furniture store, and when you go in, you know, it's it's easy to walk away with, you know, 
several thousand dollars in furniture and you can, you know, put it on credit for a few years. So, right. um, like an Ikea. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was part of it. Um, part of it was car loan and, uh, there was a lot of medical debt too. Um, I went through some medical stuff a few years back and, you know, we had high deductible health plans. And so, um, right. we didn't have anything in place to pay for those giant medical bills. So we were paying, you know, monthly payments on those too. Right. That's the unfortunate thing in the U S you guys have to pay for your medical and a lot of money. Whereas in Canada, we're fortunate enough that we have that covered. So I, even for you guys and your kids, you, I don't know what a kid would cost in the U S but I'm my ventured guess would be 10 grand. Yeah, I would say that's probably a pretty good guess. I mean, depending on what insurance you have, usually you have a deductible. And once you meet that, then you have your co-insurance where you pay 20%. Um, so 10,000 is a good, good rough guess. And yeah, it is, it is crazy. And I think, you know, one of the stats I've read is that um, over half of the bankruptcies are attributed to medical debt. So yeah, it's definitely right. a, a, a big issue. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, that's kind of our, uh, total 165,000 and you know, well, what it was, we don't have it anymore. So, <laughs> right. So I read that your student loans were attempted, uh, attempted schooling. Did I, did I read that correctly? Um, or so I, I think you might be um, thinking about, so we went to school, um, both my husband and I went to school several times. We couldn't decide what we wanted to do when we grew up. Right. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that, that number that we got was from both of us having a few different goes at college before we both finally, um, you know, landed with the bachelor's degrees that we got and uh, the career fields that we landed in. Right. So I guess what was, did you guys, did you get married young? <laughs> um, yeah, I would say for me, I mean, if you think 24 um, or maybe it's 25. Yeah. 25. Cause we're getting ready to have our 11 year anniversary. So, sure. um, so yeah, we actually, you know, I think talking about, getting married young and kind of where our debt story started. Um, so we were, um, we were at a point where my husband and his friend owned a house together and we decided okay. that, you know, we were going to get out of that house and we were going to move out and kind of start saving up some money to start our life together. And we ended up moving into my mother-in-law's basement. Um, Fun. yes. And this was pre, yeah. this was pre-marriage. Um, and then we found out shortly after making that move that we were expecting. So, right. <laughs> so um, that is really kind of where our, our debt payoff attempt one started um, in my mother-in-law's basement with, uh, you know, a baby on the way. Um, yeah. we, we ended up, we got married. We did not do a wedding or honeymoon or anything like that. We actually used all of our funds to pay off that 20,000 in credit card debt and then save right. up the down payment for our first home that we purchased. And so um, I, I would say, you know, a lot of people kind of get started on their journey through Dave Ramsey 
And, yep. you know, I definitely, I, I did the self-study for financial peace back then. And that's kind of what got me right. on the credit card payoff. Right. And, you know, from there I was kind of like, oh, well, I agree with some things Dave says, but other things I don't. And, right. <laughs> and then, you know, like I said, we had a baby, we both went back to school, we're working and we just kind of got in the groove of, hey, we don't have credit card debt, but we still have all of the student loan debt. And, you know, my husband went back and added some more student loan debt. So, right. <laughs> so did you guys both bring debt into the marriage then, or was it accumulated after you got married? Um, so my husband, he showed up with, I would say probably around 20,000 in student loan debt. So he didn't bring right too much. I brought that 20,000 of credit card debt and then probably around 20,000 or so in student loan debt. And then the rest um, we started accumulating collectively after we were married. And Right. So is, is that something you guys talked about when you first started dating mm -hmm. about your debt? Or did you guys know what you were bringing into the marriage beforehand? Um, yeah. So when we made the decision to, um, you know, sell the home that my husband had owned at the time and move into my mother-in-law's basement. Um, that was where we decided, Hey, you know, we, we do want to start a life together and, but we don't want to start it with all of this debt. And so, right. so yeah, it was kind of a, yeah, it was all mine, but it became ours. Um, yeah, well, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so, so that became our number one goal was to tackle that. And then we saved up you know, I, I want to say it was around 12 or so thousand for the down payment on our house at the same time. Right. So it's, it's funny. Cause I know a lot of people that are like, Oh, they're, they're married and they're like, Oh, it's her debt or it's his debt. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's, it's yours. Regardless yeah. of whose it is, it's, it's still yours, whether it's hers or his, it's still yours. You guys are married. It's collective. It becomes one. Just it should be no different than the money coming in. It's my belief anyways. Some people don't believe that, but it's my belief that the money coming into the household is the families or, you know, the, the couples and it goes out just the same. Right. And I think, you yeah. know, I've seen a lot of um, couples I know that get married and they never join finances. They keep their separate right. accounts. And um, I will say one thing, you know, you mentioned the family money and, you know, even starting back then and to this day where we have our joint um, account and then we also each have an allowance that we get sure. <laughs> each month. Right. So, so yeah, that's kind of our, our money that we can use towards, you know, if we want to go out to eat lunch or go out with some friends or whatever, we can save that money up. But right. Um, yeah. So you said you had brought in $20,000 with the credit card debt. Mm -hmm. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm curious if you want to talk about what kind of things were on that credit card. Oh, geez. Um, I would say that was me living my best life in college. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, I, I will say there were a few things on there that like dental bills that I did. Um, you know, I did have some medical stuff that I put on there. Right. Uh, but the majority of it was, hey, let's go out to eat. 
hey, let's go out to the bar. Oh, you don't have money? Don't worry, I'll put it on my credit card. Um, <laughs> yeah, death by a thousand cuts, right? Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, it, it was definitely um, all I would say very, very preventable. <laughs> yeah, we and we were the same way. Like I, I had nothing to show for it. I didn't. I've had people ask me like, because we at one point we had a credit card that had twenty thousand dollars just on the one card. Oh man! And and they're like. <laughs> People are like, what'd you spend your money on? I'm like, I, that's a good question. I, I can't, can't give you guys anything. I don't, I didn't go on an awesome vacation or I didn't buy an awesome boat or a sea or a sled a skidoo or something. I just, just nothing basically. And it's kind of disappointing. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would say that's helpful though, to keep you from, you know, getting back in that situation. Yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. So what would you guys say was your tipping point in why you decided to go full out and and kind of get rid of your debt? Not kind of, but get rid of right. it. Right. So I would say the first time, you know, we already kind of talked about that with the credit card debt where, you know, we had a baby on the way and, um, you know, I felt a lot of guilt for the amount of debt that I brought into the relationship. Like, you know, right. I met this really nice guy, we're in love and- here I am like, oh, by the way, I come with baggage, um, but I'm funny. So hopefully that makes up for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was the first round was definitely my daughter um, coming around. I will say that the second time, um, you know, here this year, really, I guess it was the beginning of this year because, you know, in between the past 10 years or so, we've still been steadily paying things off here and there, but we weren't laser focused on it. Um, and then kind of my, my most recent tipping point came back in, it was October, November timeframe. And it wasn't even really focused on money as much as it was with stuff. Yeah. Um, I started reading and learning about minimalism. I had never even heard of, of, right. you know, just, how anxious having a lot of stuff can make people and how the more stuff you have, the more stuff you have to pick up and clean. And, um, you know, the more stuff you have, the more maintenance you have to keep all of those things up and running. And, yeah. and so I just started really like rethinking stuff and what it meant to me. And, um, I actually had a good friend of mine who said that she was going to do a no spend year for 2019. And I was like, I had had a couple of drinks and I was like, Oh, that sounds a little bit crazy, but tell me more. Um, <laughs> and, you know, after hearing, you know, her goal was to not buy any new clothes for the entire year of 2019. Right. And so I went home and I, I actually, I started up my uh, blog at that time and I started really, you know, writing about, I just went through my closet and I added up how much stuff I had accumulated in my closet. Yeah. And it was something like 350 items of clothing and purses and shoes and et cetera. And I, I just kind of did the math on how much money that was. And it was just really alarming. I was like, Oh, I, here I am thinking we're still paying off debt, but like I'm, I'm getting all of this crap still. I don't need all of this. You know, I have, plenty of stuff. Um, and so I kind of cleaned out my closet, literally, <laughs> um, and decided, you know, I, I don't need all of this. I'm ready to kind of downsize on 
a lot of things, my right. time, collecting of stuff. And so that kind of spiraled into, okay, well, now I'm not going to Target, um, you know, every weekend and dropping $100 on random stuff, like right. a cute t-shirt I passed. Yeah. So I'm going to take that money and start putting it towards my debt. Um, and so, you know, I think during all of that, I was kind of shifting my values to like, I don't care about stuff. I don't care about money. I started really realizing that, you know, I have a good friend going through a, just a terminal diagnosis right now with a really bad cancer and she's only 32 and just, you know, watching her and her young family going through it, it was just like, wow, you know, time is so precious yeah. And I could care less about all of this crap. And really, I'm trading my time, my hard earned money for all of this crap. And it doesn't align with my values. Yeah. You know, I want to spend time with my family. I want to, you know, make a difference in the world. So I, I just really, it was kind of like a mindset shift that happened. And I will say, once I did that, like, I started getting some goals in place and I started. Um, doing a lot of just searching out for podcasts and books and just kind of educating myself, staying motivated, um, you know, and, and just like that, you know, over the past nine or 10 months, I was really able to accelerate. And I was like, every spare penny is going towards this debt. Right. Um, so, yeah. And I think you really need that mind shift when you're doing this, because if you're in the same frame of mind, it's your habits don't change and it's whether you want to call it a mind shift or a habit change, it's really important to have those things enforced in order to stick to the plan of paying off debt. Well, yeah, like we talked about with the, you know, the first go round, of course I paid off the credit card debt, but I didn't shift my mindset. So right. we started collecting things again. Yeah. You fall back into your old habits. Right. So which, I'm sure that a lot of people listening have gone through the debt-free journey or tried to more than once. I, I think I've done it twice myself before we actually turned the corner and actually, like you said, changed our mindset and, and changed our habits and got into the right frame of mind in order to do what we had to do to get rid of the debt. Yeah. So you talked, talked about selling a bunch of your stuff or getting rid of a bunch of your stuff. Did you end up selling it or giving it away or... <laughs> So that's, um, that's a funny topic around my house because my kids, I have a, a five-year-old and a 10-year-old and my five-year-old son, like he's come up to me before and be like, Hey mom, I can't find this toy. Did you sell it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I kind of, I definitely sold some items. Um, a lot of stuff I donated as well. And then, so I told you about how I cleaned out my closet, yep. um, I actually still have, I cleaned out my main closet and now I have a spare closet <laughs> holding all of my old stuff that I didn't need. Um, so I got down to like, there's like a hundred items in my closet now. And so I have like 200 pieces of clothing in a spare closet. And I think I'm now at the point where I'm ready to donate. <laughs> right. So it, it's funny that you said that about your kid because our kids are very similar around here. <laughs> because if they're not using stuff or we're not using stuff, it goes onto Facebook swap pages and it, and it's gone. And yep. we also buy stuff from Facebook swap pages. And that's regardless of whether we're out of debt or not, we still use 
those swap pages to buy a lot of our stuff? Oh, I mean, all of my stuff has always, I always do secondhand. Like I'm all about for my kids, for myself. Um, I think I told you we inherited a rat from one of my coworkers um, and we we just got all of the supplies for free off of a a neighborhood swap group. So um, yeah, we're constantly using that community as a, okay, we don't need this anymore. Let's pass it along. And then I've gotten so much stuff for us, either free or close to free, that still has a lot of life left in it. So Yeah, so if, if you guys, people listening, if, if you're looking for ways to save money and kind of fast track anything or just you know save money in general or fast track your debt payoff, Facebook swap pages are a really, really good place to go. And there's most, I guess, small to medium-sized cities have their own, usually have their own little pages for that area for you to search for stuff on and to sell your stuff on. And it works really, really well. Yes. Uh, I strongly recommend it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So did you guys, besides kind of selling that stuff off or donating it, um, did you guys do anything to really fast track your debt payoff? Um, I would say that no spend um, challenge really kind of, help to streamline everything. Um, another thing that I did was I got rid of both of our cars and um, we now have, we, instead of upgrading, we downgraded. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, went for cars that have higher mileage, but also don't have the car payment and the premium gas that came with my previous car. Right. And, um, so yeah, we were able to save quite a bit of money on, you know, gas insurance and, um, over $900 a month for the car payments. Yeah. I was going to ask if you had car payments, you had 900, were you upside down on those cars when you sold them? No. Um, luckily one of them, we had a couple thousand, um, that we were able to put, towards some repairs on an older car um, that we had. And so, uh, so yeah, that one we weren't. And then my car that we just got rid of a few months ago, it was like a $250 uh, difference from what I sold it for to what we owed. So, so it was a little bit, but it was definitely, um, it made more sense to pay that 250 difference and get rid of it. Right. So you sold those, took the difference and Sold those, yep. bought in, bought new cars, and took the difference and threw it to debt. Yes. Yeah, which is fortunate for you guys that you weren't upside down because most people that sell their cars are upside down. And um, yeah. I was talking uh, on this week's show with Amanda, and she had sold her car, and she was $7,000 upside down in it. And I was saying that must be a really, really hard thing for somebody to do to realize, well... I'm making the payments. I have something, but if I sell it, she had $7,000 and nothing to show for it. Yes. I remember listening to that and um, totally relating because I have been in that situation in the past. Um, And luckily the car got totaled. So I got out of that, um, (laughs) that negative balance because I had gap insurance coverage on it. But yeah, um, I could have easily been in her shoes. So that's, that's the mindset thing. Cause I, I think if she wouldn't have had that shift in mindset and that need to really, really want to pay off that debt, that car would have, she'd probably still have that car. 
Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so you guys paid off 165k. How long did that guys? How long did it take you guys to pay that all off? So the first go round with the credit cards and the down payment on the house that was about an 18 month window that we were in my mother in law's basement. Right. Um, and and so that really that was another way that we accelerated, but was by um, you know not having a rent payment or house payment for that right. amount of time. And then um, the second round, the big chunk, including the student loan debt, that was more like a six-year total okay. um, for, for the remaining balance. Right. So you guys pay off $165,000 worth of debt. What's that feeling like? Um, I mean, honestly, <laughs> it's so amazing. But, you know, I like I said, I think just the value shift that I've had where it's like this burden has been lifted off of my shoulders where it's like, you know what? I can do things now that I never could have done before because that debt was weighing me down and holding me back. And like I had really designed a lifestyle where my incoming was outgoing like every month. And it was, then it was like, well, how am I going to pay for all of this? There was no extra money. Um, and, and so I think, the freedom that it has allowed me in my monthly budget to be able to go after other stuff that I want to do. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, definitely, did, definitely worth the sacrifice for sure. So how long ago, when did you guys actually pay off, finish paying um, off your debt? It's been like a month ago now. It was, okay. Yeah. It was just in June. So, well, congratulations on that. Thank 165,000. <laughs> Do you remember, did you guys, your last payment would have been, I guess, your student loan? Yes. Did it you was guys my, make- um, yeah, it was my husband's final. Um, it was his big, uh, my fed loan was the last one that we were paying on forever right. and it had a giant interest rate on it. So, I mean, it was like, I was, I really wanted to like, you know, go to their office and like pay them in pennies and. Um, (laughs) but so, yeah, we didn't do anything too elaborate with it. It was just kind of a, I'm, I'm doing this. This is really happening. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to ask if you guys made a big deal of it or not, (laughs) not really. You just kind of paid it and that was it. Yeah. We didn't even like go out and celebrate. We're kind of boring, I guess. Was it, was it emotional for you guys or was it just kind of like, yep, we're done. Um, like I said, I think it was more of just like, uh, freedom a relief like, yeah 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 uh so did you guys have a budget before you started not a chance and i actually <laughs> i i know this sounds crazy but i actually i didn't know that like that's what people did like i thought <laughs> i thought everyone just kind of walked around and if you want something you get it if I, you can't I, you know you go yeah. out and put it on your credit card i just I, thought everyone did that i think most people do do that so it's you were wrong in that, but I, I think a lot of people do just walk around and if they want it, then they just go get it regardless of whether they have the money or not. Just right. that's, that's kind of just the way society has kind of turned. I guess I remember telling my grandma when we were paying off her debt, what we were doing. And she's like, debt, what do you have debt for? I'm like, I, <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't know. What do you need debt for? Why do you have, she just couldn't believe that I had debt. My grandma's 93. So 
for for them, I don't I don't even know if credit cards existed when they were when they were younger. So yeah, they I, definitely had a different lifestyle back then without you know all of the consumer yeah. debt and and not even just the consumer debt, but also just society's view of things and bigger and better and the nice cars and you know nice jewelry and purses and shoes like everything's different now yeah for sure it is yeah everybody's trying to be as good or better than the guy next to him yep um what do you think was the hardest thing that you guys had to do throughout your journey your debt-free journey so i will say that you know, I think one of the biggest sacrifices that we made was we did not, as I mentioned, we didn't have a wedding. Um, we didn't do a honeymoon and we didn't really do any type of family vacations or traveling for like the first seven or so years of our marriage. Right. Um, we did take, you know, like we did a few little road trips here and there and we did one family trip um, to Myrtle Beach. But other than that, we, you know, sat there and we watched all of our friends on Facebook and Instagram posting about all these cool trips they were taking. And we just, we couldn't afford it because we were in debt. So, um, that was the one good thing about paying off the credit card debt when we did is we, we consistently, we never have taken on credit card debt again since we paid that off, you know, nine years ago. Um, so I will say, you know, that was hard. And we actually, about four years ago, we sat down as a family and decided, you know what, this debt payoff, it's great, but we need to also balance it with making memories and going right. and like traveling and exploring. So we actually kind of slowed down on our debt payoff for a few years because we wanted to go, you know, visit Colorado. And um, we took the kids to Smoky Mountain National Park and to Dallas, Texas, just like we went on a bunch of trips, took the kids to the ocean for the first time, stuff right. like that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, while we didn't do a honeymoon, um, I told my husband for our 10 year, if he wanted to stay married another 10 years, that we had to do the honeymoon at the 10 year mark. <laughs> yeah. So, so last year we actually, um, paid cash for me and him to go to Jamaica for our 10 year and finally our honeymoon. Yeah. Um, and then we also did a little 10 year, like, um, we had, we invited all of our friends and family over and we had a food truck and yard games and, you know, a bunch of beer and margaritas and stuff for, for friends and family. Right. And so, so kind of did like a little late, uh, celebration. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's funny that it's not funny, but you know, you mentioned that you want to give your kids that the experience and take them to do things. I did an interview with a lady a couple of weeks back for her blog and she asked me about the fire movement. And if that was something that I had ever looked into where people are saving like 50% of their income or 60% mm-hmm. of their income. And I'm like, I, I guess we could maybe do that. Canada with the housing doesn't necessarily afford us that opportunity in the situation we're currently in. And I just thought, you know, I I have a four-year-old and I have a six-year-old and I want them to be able to experience things, to go take snowboarding lessons and skating lessons and swimming lessons and and have them do these things that kids should be doing. And instead of me just focusing on retiring early, which would be nice, but I want my kids while they're kids to have 
kid experiences. So I'm, I'm glad you said that and I'm glad you give your, your kid the opportunity to do that or your kids. Uh, you have two now, right? Is that right? Yeah. 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 So I have a five-year-old and 10 year old. And right. I think, you know, to your point, like I saw something a few years ago that really hit hard for me was um, something on Instagram or somewhere that said you have 18 summers, you know, before they move out basically. Yeah. And what are you, what are you doing to make the most of that time? Right. And I was like, Oh man, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll move on here. What, what was the dumbest thing that you guys think you did with money or financially? Um, I would definitely say, I mean, the student the student loans and the education piece was pretty dumb, but I think the um, cars, if you just look at like the track record I had on cars, um, yep. that probably is the icing on the cake as far as stupid things. And I'm actually, um, that's a, a post that I'm working on right now for my blog, I'm just kind of revisiting the, the past. So I won't give too many details, um, but you know, you can, Definitely, um, once you read the post, it outlines that really for the past 18 years, I have never gone without a car payment until about three months ago. And so, <laughs> so that, that by far is the absolute, it just saying it out loud, I'm like, oh my gosh, how could you do that? Like how, how much money could you have had? if you would have invested that and just drove a, a clunker instead, like, yeah, it sounds dumb uh, now, but again, it's, it's normal. <laughs> yes. And yes. You can look across at your neighbors and look next door at your neighbors. And I almost guarantee that they have the same thing. They have car payments and I was driving home today and I saw a girl, she was probably 18, 19 and she had a brand new car. And I thought you poor girl, Oh, uh, that was me. That was totally me. <laughs> I wish someone would have just like, you know, honked their horn and like cut me off and got out and been like, I need to have a really certain talk with you yeah. about your choices right now. <laughs> that or par- parental guidance or, but I, I guess I did the same thing when I was 22 or whatever. I, I bought my first truck and that I couldn't afford. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't ask my parents permission to buy a truck. I was 22 and need their permission. So I guess it kind of stems from, from that and you just kind of go it on your own and it's, I don't want to say a rite of passage, but you feel like I'm an adult. Look at me. I can buy stuff. Oh yeah. I took full advantage of that. And you know, I, I think that is an epidemic too of the lack of financial literacy that all of us have when we kind of, you know, are set out into work into the world to spread our wings. You know, we don't, I personally, I didn't have any type of education at home or at school. And so, you know, walking into, I graduated early. And so I was 17 living in a dorm. Um, You know, I walked around and people are giving away free t-shirts to start up a credit card. And um, I mean, I, and like I said, I thought that's just what everyone did. There were yeah. lines at the tables. So you get in line, you sign up. And then, you know, when you want something, you don't have to wait. You can go get it. <laughs> yeah. You don't, you don't know what you don't know. And if nobody, nobody's telling you or teaching you, then you, you don't know any different. Uh, so are you guys now 
teaching your kids or showing your kids? Um, we're very open with them with, you know, sometimes when we have like our budget discussions, my daughter will, I mean, she's, she's what I call an ear hustler. So is this your Um, 10 year old or your five year old? Yeah. My 10 year old, she's very, um, she's very nosy and (laughs) she wants to know what's going on. So, which is good. I love that she's asking questions like, Oh, how much does that cost? And she is in turn helping to teach the five-year-old too, because, you know, she likes to parent him and she'll be like, Oh, you don't want to do that. Save your money. Like, um, so, so yeah, she, we actually, for her 10th birthday, about a month ago, we took her and got her, her first, um, bank account that is in her name. And she actually, she got a check register. Um, I have a debit card that goes with it so I can, you know, X out any purchases. So I'm the right. final approval. Right. Um, so, and she, she knows, you know, that if she is going to get her allowance, she needs to update her register that she's got five more dollars or if she does buy something that she needs to subtract it. So, so we're definitely starting there. And then, um, you know, I think one other area that we've really been keeping the kids in the loop with is um, part of my debt payoff is I've been really interested in real estate for yep. several years. And we actually uh, finally made the leap and we purchased our first rental property That's this fun. year. Yeah. So um, we, we explained to the kids why we do it. And, you know, they've come over and they helped paint and um, clean up the, the rental property. And, you know, they've gone with us to look at houses. And so, yeah, we, we try to keep them involved. And my goal is to let them leave the nest with a little more background than what I did. Yeah. And I, I, that's part of leaving a legacy for your Mm -hmm. kids and your kids, kids. And it's not just paying off your debt and building up a retirement fund and having something to leave them. It's teaching them. So they, they do the same. And I, I think the word legacy just, I don't want to say it just gets thrown around, but with some people, I think it's just, Oh yeah, leave a legacy for my kids. But I think leaving a real legacy is not just leaving money for your children to be taken care of, but it's teaching them how to manage that money that you leave for them and manage their own money in order to be successful in life and leave it for the next, the next group and the next group and the next group. And until somebody starts that chain, like you guys did, then your, mm-hmm. your family is stuck in a rat race. And that's when Dave talks about Dave Ramsey talks about changing his family tree. Mm-hmm. That, that's what it really comes down to. And it's changing the way, not just you as a couple think, but you as your family will think and their kids and their kids and their kids. Yeah. And I, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I used to have that mindset of, Oh, I want to make sure that my kids don't have student loan debt. And you know, I'm just, I want to make sure that we have the money to pay for it. And then yeah. now the further along I am, I'm like, no, I want them to learn about all of the details that come along with financially. How does it, how much does it cost to go to school? Yeah. And how do I pay for that? Can I work, you know, this summer to save up some funds so that I can pay for it? Like, yeah. of course I, I want to help out, but I don't want to just give them the money. You know, right. I want to, I want to make sure that I'm also educating them along right. the way. <laughs> uh, the, we kind of do, we do put away money for our kids' school. Um, but we've always talked about 
kind of making them try and work for it before they know that that money is there. It probably won't work now that I'm talking about it. Cause I'm sure at some point when my <laughs> daughter's like 16, she'll listen to one of the episodes and be like, dad, I, I know there's money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, that's kind of what we, our plan is and to kind of make them work, work for it to go to school if they want to go to school and then have that relief to say, Hey guys, you know, we know how hard you've worked. This is what we would like to do for you. So how much does like a, a degree where you're at? See, and you got you guys are much more expensive <laughs> there than we are here, but my wife is on the on the train and on the belief that it's gonna cost like twenty thousand dollars a year, which is normal for the US. Mm-hmm. And it would be normal here if our daughters were to go mid country or you know, into a different province, into a different university, because now they have all their living costs. But yeah. the, I think the U.S. is very different. You guys move around a lot. Like, I don't know if you're originally from, is it Kansas? Uh, Missouri. Missouri. So mm-hmm. are you originally from there? Um, I'm from, so the Kansas City area, I'm from the outskirts of it. And we okay. actually live in a suburb of Kansas City. So, right. yeah, I've moved around a little bit, but mainly in Kansas and Missouri. Okay. So I just, I know a lot of people in the U.S. move around a lot. And it, that's not such so much a thing in Canada. Usually where, where you're born, it's, you might move into the big city that's an hour away, but that's, uh, we don't move around a whole lot. But yeah, so I would say like I went to school for a uh, civil engineering technologist and uh, the company I worked for at the time paid for it, which was nice. Yeah, for- that's amazing. Yeah, so it was probably maybe seven grand a year. That was like eight or nine years ago. It was only a two year program. So 14,000 for, wow. for me to get that. So it's, it's, it is in my belief, it's much cheaper than the U S. Yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> so the school I went to is a technical college. So that might have something to do with it, but even the universities, if they were to take that course in a university here, I don't know offhand, but it's a four year program and, you might pay eight or 10 grand a year, maybe okay. something like that, but that's over four years. So it's 40 grand over four years where I think you guys would be like almost a hundred grand would be yes. my guess. Yeah. So you'd be like 20, 20 or 25 grand a year. Yeah. So insane. your costs are much, much higher than, than they are here. <laughs> so while we're talking about education, um, you know, I think that's one of the things going along this kind of debt payoff that, really sparked interest for me over the past year is I started getting interested in self-education and that sounds silly too, but I actually made a post a few days ago that it kind of just shocks me how crazy it is that people have so many free resources available to them. And here I am, you know, we spent over $113,000 for these degrees, but I've had this library and these online communities and podcasts and blogs. I mean, there's so mentors, there's so many different paths that someone can take. And so that's something over the past, you know, seven or eight months that I've really become passionate about to where I've become quite the book nerd. Um, And, you know, I've, I joined a book club, which I've never done that before. Um, So I'm reading for fun And I usually try to do at least one book per month that's for fun. And then I usually read about, I would say, two to three educational books. Um, 
So, you know, it could be anything related to finances. It could be, I, I read a lot of real estate stuff. Um, you know, I'm really interested. My degree was in sociology and I'm always fascinated about why people do what they do. And so, you know, I've read a lot about like serial killers and yeah. millionaires and just yeah. uh, stuff like that. So, you know, just going out and educating yourself. I think that's so important too. It, it's funny that you mentioned the, uh, the point about all the, all the information out there and the knowledge that I might've talked about this on uh, Amanda's episode, debt free and sunny CA is her, her uh, Instagram handle, but Carl Maxwell is a, is an author. He's mm-hmm. a best-selling author. And, and I listened to an interview he did with, uh, Lewis Howes, who also has a podcast, and he was saying that the knowledge is out there for anybody who wants to do anything. They just need to start, but most yeah. people aren't willing to start. Yep. So regardless of whether what it is, whether it's paying off debt or writing a book or starting a podcast or starting a blog, all the information and all the knowledge that you guys need is there. You just need to go start. You need to look for it and start. Right. I, I didn't think I'd ever, what I'm doing right now with the podcast, I I never thought I would be doing it the way I'm doing it. I, I started during our debt-free journey to kind of just document what I was doing and I got busy and it stopped. And I, for whatever reason, it came to my head. I'm like, I should just start it again. And it kind of morphed yeah. into interviewing other people who have done the same. So the info, awesome. yeah, the information <laughs> is out there for anything you want to do for anybody you just go look for it and start yep uh so you do read a lot of books i th- you had we'd been going back and forth through emails and you told me you had read read 20 books this year or over the yes. past year mm-hmm. which is a lot yeah like That's i said lot. i <laughs> i i usually try to read um i and I read multiple books at once. And a lot of people find that shocking. Um, and I do, I also listen to a podcast usually on my, I have a 30 minute commute to and from work. And so I usually listen to a podcast on those. And then um, I spend usually 30 minutes to an hour on my social channels, kind of, I'm on a lot of different debt-free communities and things like that. Right. Um, and then, yeah, I would say the 20 books. I mean, I've, I've read uh, so many different topics. My current book I'm reading that I'm really um, into is called Retire on Real Estate um, by by Kai Anderson. And it really just like, it's it's a great read for people that are already kind of thinking about, you know, funding their 401k at work or their, um, you know, their, their pension is, they think is just floating along and everything's fine. And it just kind of gets you rethinking traditional retirement routes. So and it w- it's been very eye-opening for me. And like I said previously, it's like I wouldn't have known that had I not picked the book up. I've already I've already made actions. Yeah. You know, just start. After, yeah. I started yeah. reading it and I was like, hey, there's stuff I can actually do right now to put myself in a better situation financially. Yeah. So I think the other thing I found interesting with what you said a couple minutes ago was that throughout the journey, you felt yourself leaning into other things and learning other things as you went, not just about paying off debt. And it's, 
you, you thought it was weird, but I, I really think it's a normal thing from people that I've constantly talked to. They say the same thing. So eh, they started off listening to Dave and they started off reading about things about debt. And then it turned into things like investing. And then for yeah. myself, it, it went to public speaking and I ventured into all kinds of different things. And I, I never read books in high school. I never finished a single book throughout oh, high school. Same. Yeah. Bits and, piece, <laughs> bits and pieces of, and you know what? I, I really love hockey and I might've read a hockey book once or twice out of high school. But other than that, like, unless it was a magazine or, you know, something, but an actual physical book or I just didn't have time and I wasn't interested. And then you put yourself on that debt-free journey. And I had a, a side hustle where I was doing food delivery. And instead of listening to music, I was listening to audiobooks on different things. So I would be out for four to six hours a night and listening to books and listening to podcasts for five or six nights a week and just learning as I was working. And, and even before we were done paying off our debt, I started learning about investing so that when we were done, I was prepared for that next phase in our life. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's not, it's definitely not weird. It's a, it's a <laughs> normal thing. And I've talked to people, I don't read books and I don't have time for books, but again, it's a, like you said earlier, it's a mind shift. And it's mm-hmm. a, it's a habitual thing. And when you change your habits, your life changes. And when you change your mindset, your life changes. So. Yeah. And you make time for the things that are important. Yeah, for, for you. sure. It's like, and I think that, you know, the, the whole minimalism thing too, like the biggest part of the minimalism for me is my time. You know, I've gotten to the point where instead of signing my kids up for multiple activities and um, saying yes to every invite that comes our way, I am like, you can count me as a tentative. I might be in, I might not. I don't want to have plans. I don't want to have commitments because if that day rolls around and I want to be by myself and just sit and drink my tea and read my book, then that's what I'm going to do. You know, it's no offense to other people. I just, I've found that I am a much happier person committing to less things and focusing more on, you know, working on me and what I can do, you know, mentally, physically, like taking care of myself first. And then I can really do just so many other things from there. Right. So I, <laughs> you're talking about learning and growing. And uh, my six-year-old daughter, I've, in passing, I think I, I can't remember why I told her, but I said, well, if you're not learning, you're dying. And she, <laughs> she went to her kindergarten class and she told her teacher that if you're not learning, you're dying. That's awesome. So, yeah, so we we got questioned about that a little bit and what what, what, she, what she meant, but yeah. If did you tell her to write that down? That's a good quote. I, 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 <laughs> Share that on the first day of school. I I did not, but yeah, it's it's true though. Like I, I've I couldn't imagine myself being where I am today three years ago. Three years ago, looking forward, I w- I wouldn't say I I would be where I am today as as a person and what I'm doing and and where we sit in life. So it's uh, go out there and read a book, listen to a book. Yes. Read all the so, books. They're yeah. free at the library. <laughs> They're free at the library. All the knowledge is there. It's just waiting for you to eat it up. So, and I don't know if you guys have this program, but uh, I talked to the first interview I did was with a guy named Jason Small. He was from Indianapolis and he brought it up, but we have it here as well. It's an app called Hoopla. So, so I have one called Libby that is free audio downloads from the library. Yeah. So Hoopla is connected to your library. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, oh, so you're saying Libby is also connected to your library? Yeah. Um, oh, it's okay. connected to mine. So it might be similar to similar. Hoopla. Mm -hmm. So if you guys don't want to go out to go to the library and you're using that as an excuse, you can yeah, download Hoopla or you can download Libby and it's connected <laughs> to your library and you can get it on your phone. You can read it on your phone or your iPad or listen to it or whatever you want to do. Start reading a book. Yes. Um, <laughs> what would you say are the three best pieces of advice that you could give to somebody who is currently in debt or is thinking about starting a debt-free journey? Um, well, I think, you know, starting out like at the beginning when you said $165,000, uh, that's a really big number. It's and daunting. That, it's so easy to just be like, um, I'm just, I'm going to have student loans for the rest of my life. I'm going to pay <laughs> the minimum. I'm going to take them to the grave. Like, it's just what we do, but and that's a normal mindset, right? So yeah. I think, so I think, um, one of the most important things is breaking it down and making it like more attainable. And, you know, I really think that when you break things down into smaller goals, so micro goals, if you will, within your larger goal to be debt free. Um, and I'm really, a am big on smart goals. Have you heard of smart goals? I haven't. Why don't you explain that? <laughs> so um, SMART stands for specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time-based. So instead of saying, I'm going to be debt-free, that's my goal, right? Right. Take that out and change it to, I will pay off my, my Fed loan, um, student loan by September 1st. 2019 by taking X amount of money each month from this account and not going out to eat and packing my lunch every day. Right. And so write it that, down. right. And writing yeah. it down and putting it on a sticky note and put it on your refrigerator. So you see it every day. That's literally something that I've done. Um, that's what I did with my student loan. My last one, I had it on there and I was like, crap, that day's coming up. I need to get on it. Right. <laughs> um, so, so I'd say, you know, definitely setting your SMART goals and doing micro SMART goals so it's not scary and a big number. Um, sure. Second, I think second piece of advice, we've already kind of talked about it, is reading, listening to podcasts, finding communities. Um, just yeah. like go instead of taking yourself to Target on a Saturday morning or to Starbucks or, you know, going out to lunch or whatever, re- Spend that time investing in yourself and getting educated and like just, you know, expanding your mind on all of the different stuff that's out there, because that's going to help one, educate you on different stuff that maybe you didn't even know existed and things that you could do and take advantage of. Right. Um, and then two, it's going to help keep you motivated, you know, especially like those debt-free communities, like some of the stuff I see people on there posting, I'm like, man, that was amazing. And like yeah. this, the support people give and the support people have given me, it's been awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so definitely either if you're on the journey, find some support. If you're done, support others, yeah. um, give that back. And let me, let think, me interrupt, let me interrupt you before you go yeah. on to point three. I want to go back to point one when yeah. you were talking about your smart goals and writing it down. It reminded me a lot of, have you ever read the book, The Secret? I have not yet, but it's on my list. So yeah, that's, 
I don't want to. It's not a religious book, but it's they. It's kind of like talking to the universe or w- whatever you think mm-hmm. it is. But it's. I would say it's more about changing your mindset, which we've talked about multiple times. And when you write it down and you read it and you repeat it, it's almost like a subconscious that it becomes part of you and what you do when you constantly constantly are reading it. And it reminded me when I was in my first original job, uh, I don't recall the year, but it was January and I wrote down a statement on a piece of paper that by December, whatever, I was going to no longer work there. I was going to put in my resignation. And there's a lot of YouTube videos on people like Jim Carrey and others who have done the same where he wrote himself a check for, I can't remember what the number was, 1.25 million. And he wrote himself a check and he put it in his wallet. And he basically looked at that check all the time. That's what he wanted to attain. And he said he put a date on it. And right around that date was the date that he got his check for Dumb and Dumber. And it was the 1.25 million. And Will Smith talks about the same thing. And Oprah Winfrey talks about the same thing. And so I'm like, eh, maybe that's something I should do. And I, it didn't happen the way I wanted it to. And I, I ended up leaving for a different job. Not the reason I put on the paper, but I said in a year's time, I'm going to put in my resignation at this company. It happened a month after I put that date and I carried that piece of paper around in my wallet and I used to read it every day. And sure enough, wow. just shortly after a year, I put in my two weeks and I started a different job again, not for the reasons that I thought I was going to do, but people's plans aren't always a, a straight line. They're jagged. And, but you know, it's, it's, that's part of changing your mindset and becoming something that you're not currently. And, and, you know, writing it down and reading it every day to put it in your subconscious and become what you're reading and become what you're writing and become what you're doing. So, yeah. And I think, you know, I think that, um, really kind of segues into my third piece of advice, which I know, I feel like mindset is like the buzzword for, for our episode here, but (laughs) um, for sure it is. Yeah. (laughs) You know, really, I think, um, part of it is also just, figuring out what your values are and shifting your mindset to that and forgetting about everything else. So, you know, like I mentioned, I don't value stuff. I value my time and I value spending my time with my family, being able to like give back to my community, being able to help others. So I think it's really important that when you shift your mindset, one of the really big things you can do is, Never think of a purchase in dollars, but think of it in the hours of your life that you had to work to be able to pay for that purchase. Right. And would you still buy it knowing that you had to literally go into your office and spend five hours of your life? Like, is it worth it then? Like, um, you know, and I think, you know, I mentioned my friend that's going through um, a terminal diagnosis and, you know, I just it makes you stop and think. And, you know, I, I really hope that no one shows up to my funeral one day, whenever that time comes and says, you know, wow, Mindy sure drove an amazing car. Um, she had super cute clothes, you know, there, nobody cares about that. Yeah. They care about, 
you know, if I value my time and what's important to me, then I'm going to be living my best life and making my ultimate contribution to this planet. I'm not able to do that if I'm weighed down by debt and stuff all around me. So, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll move into a little bit of a fun point here. I ask everybody this. Um, My wife gets mad at me because when we go on vacation, (laughs) I I like to eat at places that we don't have here. So if I'm coming, we'll just say you can do it in your town or Kansas city. It doesn't Kansas city. Am I saying, is that right? You're outside of Kansas city. You got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to, like I said, your small town or your suburb area or Kansas city, where am I going to eat? What are you recommending to me? So I actually, um, I love seafood and I love sushi. Um, and so I don't, do you guys like seafood and sushi? I, I do. And it's funny that you say sushi because every time we come home, my girl's like, what's for dinner? I'm like, rabbit sushi. They're like, no oh, dad. And they start crying. They're like, what kind of pizza? We got pizza. What kind of pizza did you get? I got sushi pizza. And then they start crying. And you would, uh. you would think that me doing that three or four times a week with the bad dad jokes that they would realize that I'm not going to give them sushi, but anyways, <laughs> that's I, hilarious. I, I do um, like sushi and I do like seafood. So, yeah. So I think, um, there's, there's a couple of places in Lee summit. So there's one called Pearl Tavern. Um, it's a local seafood restaurant. They have really good, um, it's like blue crab dip. Yeah. Really yummy. Um, they have good like happy hours and drinks and stuff like that. Um, and then mint sushi and Lee summit is mint sushi. Yeah. Mint. And it's, it's a tiny little like hole in the wall. And I always tell people like when you go, you're basically going to get to know your neighbors because you guys are sitting together. Cause yeah. it's so like quaint, but those are my favorite kind those of places. Those are the best places like- to go. Yeah. The holes in the wall, they have the best food yes. usually. Yeah. Yeah, and only like yeah. ten people can eat at one time yeah. because they only have five tables. For so. sure. <laughs> um, so yeah. And if I'm going out after dinner, or before dinner, to do something, what am I going to do there? Um. So downtown Lee Summit is actually an adorable little area, um, and they do what they call Fourth Fridays. I don't know if you've heard of Fourth, like the number yeah. four. Uh huh. So like the fourth Friday of every month, they do like, they go, you know, there's artists out on the streets. They do like yoga outdoors. You can walk around and the whole downtown area is just like little shops, little restaurants, little bars. So that's always fun. They have like ice cream shop. Um, So yeah, I would say something like that would be good for after dinner. We we have something similar. We have like a area called White Ave. It's mostly bars but there are little shops and then i don't know if they still have it but they have a night market on the Hmm. weekends in edmonton so we're in saint albert which is basically a suburb of the main city and yeah they have like a night market where they set up from like 10 till 2 or whatever the time is so Ah. yeah so yeah we do we do during the day like farmer's market right which we have in (laughs) in saint albert yeah we have one every saturday Uh which is also fun to just kind of walk around and and check stuff yeah. out. So yes, you have a website and yes. that website is. So my site is my semi basic And what kind of stuff do you provide on there? 
Um, so a lot of what we've talked about today, yeah. um, a lot of stuff I post is about mindset and, um, you know, really positive self-thinking, believing in yourself, like, um, you know, I think everything starts within. So I post a lot of that. I post a lot of, I, like I said, I think at one point I'm super funny. So I post some of my, um, punny jokes and, <laughs> um, like tonight I posted my dinner. So I post like some, you know, cheap meals that I make, um, just, just little stuff like that. Little frugal tips, minimalist tips, things like that. Right. You also told me you do a lot of food prep. Oh my gosh. I do a ton of food yeah. prep. Um, yeah, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> did you do that before you guys were paying off debt? Was it always something you did or did it come, come along um, with the journey? I would say it kind of became like a necessity. Probably. Yeah. I, re I really got into it when my daughter was born because I started, I actually made all of our baby food right. instead of buying it. Um, and so, you know, from there I started really like, I, I'm a big snacker. And so I have to have something like every two hours to yeah. eat. <laughs> and, and you really can't be that type of a, a person to eat every two hours unless you prep ahead. Right. So, so yeah, I do spend a lot of time prepping snacks so that it, when I'm on the go, um, I have a little drawer at work just full of <laughs> all of my fruits and veggies. Cause I, I do in the, at on least Mondays, it's fruits I, and veggies. It's not, yeah. You're snacking I, on M&Ms. I've had someone in a meeting be like, wow, Mindy's eating vegetables at 10 in the morning. Like that's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, what gave you the, maybe not the idea, but why did you decide to start, start that website and start blogging? Was it always um, something that you'd done or? No. So I, I've always been interested in writing. I actually wrote a lot of poems in my younger years. Um, okay. And I actually, I had a few published back when I was a teenager. And um, so I've always had it in me and it kind of goes, once I, I don't even want to say the word again, but mindset of yeah. I don't have the time. You know, I, I had my excuses. I didn't really believe in myself. I was like, oh, no one wants to read all of what's going on in my life. Um, and so I finally, January 1st of this year, I was like, nope, I'm going to do this and I'm committed to it. Um, so I, I went into it knowing that my goal is to post usually a weekly, um, blog. And then on my Instagram account, I, I usually post about daily or so just, you know, a little thing here or there. Um, but yeah, it started out kind of as a, well, if I tell people about it, then that makes it real. And then I yeah. have to do it. Yeah. And then I started having funny thing happen. I started having like at least once a week, I had someone reach out to me and be like asking me for advice about something right. or, you know, telling me they read something and it inspired them to do something. And I was like, Oh crap, people are watching me. And yeah. I'm like, now I'm that motivates me because, you know, I mentioned, I want to, help other people too. Yeah. So I know I used to be that stubborn person that, you know, was like, Oh, I can't do this and I can't do that. And now that I've changed, I want to help others realize what their potential is too. So. Right. Yes. It, it's, it feels really good when somebody asks you a question and you're able to help them out. And I, I listened to a guy named Grant Cardone. Yeah. Um, I'm familiar. Yeah. <laughs> So he was talking about, I watched a 
little seminar he put on and he was talking about when he first started on social media and he put up a YouTube video and he's like, I got six followers. And he was so excited. I got six followers. <laughs> he's like, I was, he's like, he was so excited about it. And you kind of think about it and you're like six people were possibly helped by that video. And he said, he didn't care if it yeah. was six, but he helped six people. Yeah. Didn't matter to him, but it was six. So I, it's, this is kind of why I'm, I do what I do. It's not a monetary thing. I don't get paid for putting out podcasts and I do it to help everybody else who was in the same position I was in two years ago and you were in not even a year ago. So. Yes. Yeah. But I'm the same. I've yeah. It's a giving back help. kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And when you give back, you get things in return. For so. sure you do. Yeah. So <laughs> I've had, I've had lots of people talk to me about that and, you know, just giving back is just part of the process. And when you give, you get. Yes. So, yeah. So thanks for coming on. Congratulations on your $165,000 payoff. Woohoo. Awesome. Yeah. It's <laughs> exciting. So, uh, yes. Next for you guys, you bought the property. And I think that's kind of what your guys's kind of ambitions and goles are now is to, to move into the rental property. Yeah, Thanks. yeah, so that's exciting. Yeah, we're working on growth and building wealth. And we actually, um, last week, we just had our offer accepted on our second rental property. Wow. So, yeah, we're moving. You guys quick. are moving. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, I was going to ask you your house prices, or you don't have to tell me what you guys pay. That's not what I'm asking, but just in general, an average house price in Kansas City. If somebody was looking to buy there, what's, what is the cost on your housing there? Um, I mean, it really depends on what market you're in within Kansas city. Um, I'll share like the, the rental properties, um, you know, for say a two bed, one bath, 900 square feet. Um, the latest one we picked up was around 85,000. Right. Um, I would say on average, though, like for your three bed, one bath, which is pretty typical, you're probably going to be in the 150 to 250 range. Right. Which is, so. sounds really good to me. <laughs> do, you, do you guys, I know California doesn't, do you guys have basements in your, in your homes there? I'm in my basement right now oh, with our okay. pet rat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we have friends that live in California and they don't have basements in their homes, so. Well, we have tornadoes here, so we have yeah. to. Yeah, I guess you would, yeah. Yeah. So the the house, the house prices here are quite a bit higher. We're not quite in the California space, but we're not far off. Oh, wow. So if you're looking to buy a home here, where one just went across up for sale across the street from us for like 550 Oh, I'm five, good. Yeah, five years ago, <laughs> I think we paid, we, well, I don't think we paid 446 for ours. Wow. So, so we have a 1400 square foot bungalow. Um, wow. Yeah. It's got two bedrooms upstairs and two down and yeah, but unfortunately that's the market we live in and it's kind of deal the hand you're dealt unless you want to move. But most of right. Canada, most of Canada is like that. And that's when the lady interview, interviewed me about the fire uh, movement. I said, I know a lot of people do it. I don't know where they live. I'm sure it's much easier in certain parts of the U S to do that. And 
unfortunately here, if we want to live in a decent house and, and live a def- decent lifestyle, then it's not, I don't have the availability to save 50% and still give my kids a, a childhood. So, right. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely depends on where you live. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, Mindy, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. The time flew by um, yes. and the conversation just seemed to flow. So thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Jeff. Hey, Mindy, thanks again so much for joining me on the show today. I, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to discuss your journey and to discuss your struggles with with not only myself, but everybody listening. And, you know, you really showed that you really do need a change in habits, a change in your habits, a change in your mind shift, and the way you process and think about money in order to get through this journey. And there was some really good insight on on how you managed to do that. And, and I just think it's a real necessity in order for people to pay off debt. You really need to change your mindset and your habits and your beliefs about money. So thank you again. And thank you to the listeners. If you guys are listening in today, go check out Mindy's website, mysemibasiclife.com. You can also find her on Instagram. Search out that same same name, My Semi Basic Life, and you can start following her on Instagram. I'll include the website and her Instagram tag in the show notes. So again, to the listeners, thank you guys so, so much for listening in. Without you guys, and without you guys leaning your ear, lending an ear to the show, I wouldn't have a show. I wouldn't there wouldn't be episodes for you guys to listen to. So thank you for that. Uh, if you are interested in coming on the show to talk about your debt-free journey, or if you have questions for the show, you can get a hold of me on Instagram or at Instagram or on the website, aemoneysolutions.com, or you can email me at aemoneysolutions at outlook.com. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all over social media so just search it out you'll find me if you have questions or you need something answered or you're interested in coming on the show feel free to give me a give me a ring and leave me a message and we'd be happy to have you on to talk about your own personal debt-free journey don't forget to like and share the episodes that's how we get the message out to other people uh, and help them get on the right track financially so Like, share, and subscribe to The Debt Dad Show on your favorite podcasting platform. We'll get new episodes brought to you every Monday. So thanks again, guys, and we will talk to you again next Monday. Have a good one.